And Jesus himself said that he did not come to do away with the law. This is the Adventist Pilgrimage Podcast with your hosts, Michael Campbell and Greg Howell. I'm Michael Campbell with the Adventist Pilgrimage Podcast. I've got my buddy Greg, and uh, here we are. We've got a couple of our very dear friends, part of the Adventist History Podcast Network. Uh, We've got Matthew Lucio, uh, the eminent Matthew Lucio, and we have a beloved professor from Southern Dr. Judd Lake with the Ellen White podcast. So, uh, welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, Michael. Yep, good to good to be here. Great. Well, we're here because we're uh, friends, fellow historians, fellow podcasters, and uh, today we want to talk just a little bit about um, what seems a little bit unusual because we're historians. Historians are always talking about you have to always be objective, always be objective. But um, we're also Adventists and, and care deeply about our history, about our faith, our community. And uh, recently there's been a new podcast and it really shouldn't surprise us because there's always been criticisms. There's critics of every movement. Right. Uh, but but there's one particular podcast that I think kind of got us all talking, you know, um, and, and so that's hence we're we're um, going to start a new series uh, that we want to delve into that pertains to. Uh, you know, some of the criticisms of Adventism of Ellen White, and just try to unpack that a little bit and give kind of the rest of the story, the other side. And, and so let's talk just briefly, you know, apologetics. Um, Judd, what, what are, what, what is it? What, what is apologetics? Apologetics? Yeah, well, it's not saying I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. It comes from the Greek word apologia, which is used several times in the New Testament, which its root idea is a defense. And it was used in the, the sense of a defense of the gospel. And over time, it's, it's evolved into the um, a, idea of apologetics, Christian apologetics, the enterprise of defending the Christian faith, defending the existence of God and, and the resurrection of Christ and the divinity of Christ and those big issues related to Christianity. Uh, that's apologetics. And in a more narrow sense, we use it in the context of Adventism because Adventism has been under attack. Um, the Adventist apologetics, the defense of Adventism, Francis D. Nichol had done a lot of that in the mid-20th century um, and a well-known Adventist apologist. And then you've got the criticisms of Ellen White and responses to that are Ellen White apologetics. Uh, so I like to define it as defending the gospel, Ellen White apologetics or Adventist apologetics as defending the gospel in the context of Adventism or Ellen White. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I was part of a community organization that, uh, you know, I showed up for the board and one of the other ladies that was just a, a, a fellow Christian in the community just came loaded and, uh, you know, you're not a Christian and you worship Ellen White and her writings and stuff like that. And, I tried to be as disarming as I could, but all of the things I heard her accusing me of, I didn't recognize. You know, I was like, well, that's not really what I believe, but I'm not saying you have to be Adventist, but but I wish, you know, just at least fairly portray 
you know, what my faith is, just as I would want to fairly try to hopefully uh, try to objectively and fairly portray someone else's faith that I don't necessarily adhere to. Right. And so part of what we're trying to do and, you know, the reason we're here is do podcasts. It shouldn't surprise us. There's been critics. Um, I, I keep wanting to call it uh, uh, <laughs> cult fish, but I know it's cultish. <laughs> <laughs> cultfish, cultish apologia. I think I think cultfish is going to be our next podcast. I think that sounds great. Yeah. So the maybe like a fish fry or something. I don't know. <laughs> and no offense to the the official. No, no offense to the official website. one. I'm sorry. I just it sticks out in my mind. But but we you know I was listening to some of the episodes and and I know you know each of us to kind of listen to some of that stuff. Um, uh, and I felt the same way. I had that same kind of response. Like wait a minute. Um, yeah, there's there's criticisms and uh, and and there are criticisms. You know, uh, I, you know, we, we were talking before in preparation for this that you know there's a grain of truth in every criticism. Uh, Judd, you were commenting about that, I think, right? Yeah, and reflecting on the interview at the cultish apologia site, um, of course, they were in. It's more about proclamation. That's an organization that um, are a group of former Adventists who have great concerns about Seventh-day Adventism and over the years have, have made their main focus on dealing with Adventist beliefs and, and uh, attempting to, to criticize them and so forth. Um, so that's more what it was about. The host of Apologia or Cultish Apologia, they were interviewing the uh, two, two of the main leaders of the proclamation organization. But as I listened to it, um, I have some observations about the host that the two gentlemen interviewing them struck me as, as just uh, intelligent, fine Christian men who are very dedicated to the gospel and defending the gospel. The website's quite impressive. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to listen to all of the different episodes on there, but they deal with all the cults, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, and New Age, and a host of other uh, ones like that. And of course, now there's four episodes on Seventh-day Adventism. And as I listened to the uh, interviewers, the, the questions they asked, I thought were very intelligent and thoughtful questions. The issue I had was with the answers that they got. Uh, the answers seemed to be very biased and they, were, they reflected uh, a very narrow view of Adventism, uh, more mm. the experience of the, the two interviewees uh, their upbringing in Adventism, which was quite different from many people I know that that loved Jesus and had a good experience in Adventism. And I'm sorry that their experience was not good, but to make that all of Adventism, that, that yeah. was the false narrative that I repeatedly heard. And what concerned me the most was that the host appeared to believe it as if it were gospel. That, in other words, they took it as that's Adventism. That's what Adventists right. really believe about the gospel, and that's what they believe about Christ, and that's what they believe about this terrible Ellen White, and so forth. Yeah. That, I think to all of us, that was certainly the most concerning, and to anybody who appreciates Adventism and, and heard that, and, and uh, of course, several have asked us, a number have asked us to respond to this. I know, Michael, you've had a number of people, myself as well, but anyway, Definitely. my observations yeah. are positive towards the interviewers. They seem mm -hmm. to have come with a pre-understanding already, which didn't seem positive about Adventism, but at the same time, they were seeking earnest questions, and, and uh, it's just what struck me, I, I suppose, the most was 
if that's all they did, I mean, they, they four episodes and they're done, and it was all interviewing these two individuals, that's one side. Did they consider interviewing actual experts in Adventism about Adventism, such as historians yeah. and theologians? Yeah. I, I, that they only gave one side and didn't hear the other side, that's what I think obviously concerns all of us, and that's what we're about yeah. here is to give the full picture. But let's let's be honest, because I, I think there's there's room for us to be mildly hypocritical here. Because I think when we listen to the episodes about the Jehovah's Witnesses, we're not like, well, why didn't they get a Jehovah's Witness on there? Or when we listen to an episode about a Mormon, we don't say, well, why didn't they get more Mormons on there? Now, maybe I, I, they did. I don't know. I didn't listen to those episodes. But but I, I think it's just a human I didn't either. thing. That we're like we're we're willing to to kind of believe there's only one side of the story so long as it's about somebody else, and then when it comes to us, we're like, well, why didn't they get a second opinion here? You know, and it's as I was watching one of the episodes um, on YouTube, you know, they were they were saying, you know, Adventists are so deceptive. You know, they'll 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 say one thing publicly because they want to snow you, but they really don't mean what they say. And I'm thinking, boy, that's how some Adventists used to talk about Catholics. Now it's being used against us, and we think it's unfair. <laughs> I, I can also, right, I can right. also tell you that no, would take yeah. a mass. And I said earlier, that would take a massively unified effort on our part to consistently do that. And I don't think, I don't think we could pull yeah. it off. But we're not, we're not all that good yeah. at deceiving. Yeah, yeah, that's the great, and, and that's, that's the great irony. Something, is. <laughs> something I, I mentioned before in our conversation is that yeah. there's a, tr- there's a, there's a, I believe that there's a, a core of truth in every criticism. And uh, while I certainly disagreed with the overall narrative that I heard, at the same time, there's a lot of self-reflection we can do uh, because we, Adventism is not perfect. We made mistakes and there are pockets of legalism within Adventism and and so forth. And I think there's a lot we can learn personally as we reflect on these type of things, uh, as you said, and not be hypocritical. Yeah, because to me, the truth is, is that the criticisms they have and the, the feeling that they had that they escaped something that was negative and didn't truly contribute to an experience of the gospel, I, I feel, and maybe that's because I'm still part of the organization, but I feel mildly responsible for that. And I feel bad that that is the, the mm-hmm. experience of Adventism they had. And that is probably why I would want to stay in Adventism, because I want to help fix those kinds of problems. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. Michael, you had something you wanted to chip in with? Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I do think, you know, yeah, from, from a standpoint, yeah, we, we want to, we believe the, or have a, a bias where we want to believe those negative things. But uh, I, you know, I, I've taught for a number of years, uh, world religions, and that was one of my favorite classes, honors class. Um, and I would take my students uh, to, Uh, not only learn about them, but have people from each of the different religious groups. So if we're talking about Buddhism, I'd have a Buddhist priest or uh, Islam, I'd have an imam come and talk. And we actually did three site visits. And what I wanted to do was so that it wasn't a class like, you know, um, where I was trying to deconvert my students, right? I wasn't trying to get them to, to, but I was trying to create the religious literacy so that that if they met someone from each of these different world religions, different groups, um, and, and most of my students were Protestant, some were Adventist, 
Um, but I had a very diverse group. And so I try to give them some exposure and I called it holy envy, right? So mm -hmm. let's, let's assume the best about each of these religious groups and something that we admire or like about each of them. And, uh, and I, I think that's a, an approach that we should kind of take uh, to be charitable with those that we disagree with. I, I, I'm not a Mormon. I'm not Jehovah's Witness. I know they're on the the hit list of, of cults or whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't mean that all those people are terrible. And the same thing with Adventism right. Right. is, okay, <laughs> if you're going to say all these criticisms and stuff like that, um, sometimes they may be partially justified because maybe someone's had a bad experience or run into an extreme form of Adventism. But what we're trying to do is say Adventism at its best. Adventism, or for example, Ellen White, we're going to talk about that over the next few episodes too, I'm sure that, you know, what does that look like um, if, in a healthy and balanced way, if, if Ellen White were still alive, how would she want us to understand her writings, right? So if we were to, to see that, and I, I, what I've grown to appreciate in my personal experience is she points me to Jesus and to be more deeply anchored in, in the authority and primacy of Scripture. And, and that's what I love about Adventism. That's made Adventism contagious and why I choose to continue to be yeah. an Adventist. Um, I'm not perfect. Adventism's not perfect, but but is there another side of the story? And that's what this podcast is trying to do: is kind of show, hey, there's another side. And and like you guys were talking about before, there's there's a lot of people asking questions, like, oh, um, there's all these things that are going on, or they're being said. Um, is there resources? So instead of taking my word for it, or any of us that are on this podcast episode, right, um, not taking our word for it, go study for yourself. And part of what we want to do is. We want to talk about some of those criticisms. What are the how do Adventists understand or deal with them? And what I hope we'll do is also point people to some key resources. Okay, you want yeah. to do that deep dive on whatever X Y Z as we as we talk. We're not going to do that in this first episode. We're just kind of getting warmed up. But um, hey, here's the here's more information. Here's the rest of the story, so that hopefully you can see that there's not only just the critics and the criticisms, but but here's here's how, albeit sometimes imperfectly, but here's how Adventists um, understand and and approach these these kinds of topics. Um, yeah, I you know, and I think I think Michael, it's not just we we've been using this language like there's another another side of the story, but. The reality is sometimes I feel like these critiques are like critiques of 1950s Adventism. Mm. I mean, Adventists today just published an article <laughs> that asked whether Ellen White was an alcoholic. I mean, oh my goodness. the way that sometimes these people – I don't want to go there right now. That's a whole different <laughs> – You just opened that can of worms, Matthew. I'm going to go talk to my therapist about that. But, you know, <laughs> my, my point is, is this would be inconceivable that – this would get published and see the light of day in the 1950s, 60s, right? Yeah. I mean, just inconceivable. Wasn't what people are talking about. Yeah. No, and 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 you know, even kind of more progressive members were not were not going to be daring to voice that publicly. But my point is, is like when they when they describe the Adventist Church as this place where, you know, it's it's a hugely deceptive atmosphere, and and you know, like the official narrative is, is for public or, you know, for public outside consumption is dishonest. And, and, I'm, you know, I, I agree with Greg in saying like, we are not capable of pulling off that kind of conspiracy. First of all, second of all, like, are you aware of what's going on in Adventism today? Like, the, the, do you honestly think the general conference for all their good intentions has a monopoly 
on how ad, on how Adventist views get out there? Like, are you not aware of the diversity of views within Adventism? Um, yeah. You know, and, and I just feel like they're having a conversation with an Adventist church that doesn't exist anymore. And that we have this control on people's lives like a cult. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and persecute yeah. them if they leave and tell them what to believe and have absolute exactly. control, the bites that was mentioned in there. That's that's where, that's where people are shaking their heads and say, that's not the Adventism I knew. Now, admittedly, there may be homes, families, where you have that type yes. of control. And maybe, maybe there are groups, and I'm sure there are. In fact, I can verify. I know that there are churches, some smaller churches, that, that exercise that type of control. But here's the big issue. That's not the yeah. whole. That's not the whole. That's only a small part. And, and what the interviewees did is paint the part as the whole. And yeah. that's the as a, problem. As a pastor, that's I was it. never able to control what my members believed. Never. Never. The NLP didn't work. I wasn't good enough at it because everybody wanted to believe anything. And I was I was constantly putting out those fires. Only, it did not work. Somebody didn't give that to me. Yeah, if only pastors yeah, knew how yeah. to really do that. I'm going to get you a t-shirt, Greg, and be like, I wish we were a cult. <laughs> yeah, I could have used no, some no. of those skills at various controversies in my time. <laughs> But I mean, oh that, this this brings up this. Here's my here's my chief problem, and it has, you know, I know we'll get in in future episodes to specific claims and accusations. But my my biggest problem, it's something I've dealt with in YouTube videos from my church and elsewhere, is this this word cult. I've I've said it in the episodes we did on the questions and doctrine, the seven episodes we did for the Adventist History podcast, and I'll say it again. I, I think this is a problematic word because it has whatever meaning somebody wants to attribute to it, and it can be used to club somebody over the head or a group of people over the head. And, and you know, so basically I can define it however I want, and then it has such a, it's universally loathed, like nobody wants to belong to a cult. There's no good way to put a spin on being a member of a cult. And, and so I can give it whatever meaning I want and then stick that label on somebody and, and then denounce them. And I, I just, like, it's not a biblical term. It's not a term that has kind of any inherent agreed upon meaning. Like we, we generally associate it with a, maybe a charismatic leader who exerts a toxic level of control over their followers. But if that's the meaning that we mean by cult, then it certainly doesn't apply to Adventists. Um, you know, I, not especially in any grand in the, scale. Especially in the classic definition of a cult by evangelicals yeah. is that someone who rejects the, the salvific work of Jesus Christ and, yes. and rejects his divinity and his personhood, who he is, his eternal nature and so forth. Um, and that does not apply to Adventism as a whole or uh, Adventism in its theological yeah. history. Right. And, and I, I think that's debatable. Free. I know, but, but it, but, it, but <laughs> if you really do the, no. the research, it doesn't. But here's the and, deal. Like, I feel like we by default do some obeisance to Walter Martin but it's like, who set up the evangelicals as the judge of what a cult is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, gonna, what if we want to consider Calvinists a cult? You know, like, I, I don't, I felt obviously, like we were but, talking about heresy, not cultic practices, per se. Uh, it, it, there was, there's heretical forms, but that's based on who gets to call heresy heresy. And, yeah. And this term cult has a history itself, right? It comes back to the fundamentalist movement of the 19-teens and 20s. 
And what they were trying to do is react and respond to the modernists who are undermining the veracity of miracles and the authority of scripture and the the reality of the atonement of Jesus Christ and, and all of those things, right? So they're fighting against on one side, but then they're also kind of setting boundaries and saying, well, uh, you Mormons aren't part of us because you don't believe scripture the same way we do. And so, so it's beginning to exclude certain groups because here, who, here's who's in, who's safe, and here's who's out, right? And the initial list of cults, Adventists didn't make the very first round, but within uh, the second and third round of cults through the 1920s, very quickly Adventists got lumped in there with with everyone else. So, um, but yeah, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a very nice term. It's not a friendly term, um, and it kind of gives this sort of impression of a mindless uh, adherence to something where people are being manipulated. At least that's kind of my takeaway uh, or impression of the term. But but yeah. there's a history to the term, and that's why we don't like it, right? And Michael, yeah. interestingly, to, to add on to what you said, well said, yeah. is mm-hmm. that the, especially prior to 1950, the, mm-hmm. and afterward, the main understanding of Adventism as a cult by evangelicals came from Canwright, D.M. Canwright, the right. well-known Adventist pastor who left Adventism the last 30 years of his life, uh, criticized it and so forth, and launched a major campaign against it, and, and his ideas or what led them to believe his criticisms of his former church or what led them to understand Adventists as a cult. And there's an interesting parallel today because mm-hmm. here these former Adventists who are following in Canwright's path are now mm-hmm. giving to evangelicals this, what they perceive as this cultic view, this cultic so, sense of Adventism. So very interesting parallel historically. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if we're our own worst enemies, right? <laughs> Mm. And I think, Matthew, you were talking about this, right? I mean, or, or Greg, you know, the a different kind of Adventism, 1950s, 60s Adventism, a time of, of strong emphasis of perfectionism, maybe a neo-fundamentalism, if you please, but certainly not the Adventism that, that I resonate with. Um, and, and so part of what we're dealing with is if, if we have people that believe in inerrancy and infallibility of Ellen White, which is kind of big, Canwright's big hang up, right, Judd? Um, and, and so if, if he kind of has a, you know, if people go from one extreme of viewing her on a pedestal and that sort of thing, and then kind of swing to the opposite and then just kind of reject her completely. And, and part of what I think we're trying to do in this podcast over the next couple episodes show is there's maybe a mediating approach that isn't quite so extreme. Uh, but there does seem to be this pattern in critics where, where it seems that they were exposed for whatever reason, for good or ill, um, to maybe a very different form of Adventism than I'm familiar with that might have elevated Ellen White in a pedestal or, or seen her as inerrant and infallible. And, and unfortunately, that's, that's just not the Adventism that I know or want to espouse, even though I will acknowledge that there are people that misuse and abuse her writings, right? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. sure. You know, I'm just, just thinking of the Roger Kuhn saying that, that many people view Ellen White as a vegetarian Virgin Mary. Uh, but <laughs> yes, when go they there. do that, the, the, that, that's the extreme, and the tendency is to swing back to the other side of the pendulum from a vegetarian Virgin Mary to a vegetarian Satanic Mary. Ooh. And that, oh, that, that's what well, you, you heard have it from with, Dr. Lake first. With, and and, and there, there is uh, the real Ellen White of history is very different yes. from what we heard on the, this, this podcast and is somewhere and in this the is middle. True of- 
It is of far all religious from those extremes. People will elevate a leader and put them on a pedestal, and there are these sort of uh, patterns that can happen historiographically too. Um, if I'm hearing you right, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that there's something that I don't know that listeners who are not Avenus will be able to appreciate, but you know, we're, we're, we're surrounded by a Christian culture in America that is dominated, has been dominated by evangelicals for many decades now, and before them, you know, some fundamentalists as well. And there, there's something uniquely frustrating when the, the more dominant strains of Christianity kind of pick on you. And I'm not saying that there aren't things to pick on in, in Adventism or Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or any other group. But I think when you have a whole ministry dedicated to picking on those things, A, you can end up having a blind spot to things in your own camp. And, and, and B, it's, it's kind of hard because if you're in one of those minority Christian groups, you, you can't really answer back because they have the bully pulpit. I am thankful that we have podcasts now and YouTube and it more it kind of can level the playing field a little bit. So to me, this is an opportunity not to kind of return fire or get revenge. It's not about any of that stuff. It's just, hey, I think we've been misunderstood. And you guys have had such a big megaphone for so many years that it's good to hear from us, from people who I think you guys are sane. They're sane Adventists. Matthew. You're welcome. <laughs> Try to be. Don't don't talk to my former churches, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Aspiring cult leader there, Greg Howell. Um, you know, I, I think you guys are sane, and I, I think I understand people are going to look and say, "Well, they're Avenists," and and I think all of us are employed by the church in some way, shape, or form. So they're going to say, "Well, they're biased." Well, so are people who leave the church, right? I mean, exactly. yeah, there's, there's exactly. bias everywhere. It doesn't mean you're discredited. It does mean you should take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. And ex avenus is probably it may have a little bit of an axe to grind. Uh, a presently employed by the church, avenus may may be a little more sympathetic to the church. You know, um, those are the biases that we that we live and work with. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to either side, because then who are you going to listen to? Uh, so, anyways, I, I'm glad that we have an opportunity to present what I hope is uh, a, a more accurate look at Adventism from people who are on the inside and uh, who are reasonable people. I hope so. I'm going to quote Absolutely. you on that, Matthew. <laughs> what, that you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and a good way forward would be right. to, a good way forward would be to, to really give our answers to some of the questions that the host asked of the interview yeah, in that, in that and I, podcast. I think that's what we're going to... How, how would we answer those questions? Yeah. They, they were, as I said before, they were good, thoughtful questions. Yeah. And how, how how would we respond and provide another side? I love yeah. it. And then point people to resources, right? So yeah. don't just take our word for it. But yeah. hey, you know, here's, here's something. If you're really concerned about this particular issue, um, here, here's an here's a, a article or book or whatever so you can investigate for yourself. So... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, you know, the, the funny thing about all of this stuff from, from fundamentalism to questions and doctrine to today is we actually have a lot in common with evangelicals. It's, it's, but sometimes I feel like the dialogue can get rather unfortunately heated and there's a lot of misunderstandings and stuff. And maybe that comes because we are so close. 
But, you know, hey, if the people from cultish or fans of cultish are, are listening, it's, it, it's not that there's a beef with evangelicals. I think with the advent of this secular age, as, as Charles Taylor calls it, uh, we actually have a lot of common causes here in, in terms of promoting Christian literacy in society. We want to see healthy churches. Um, we, we lament shrinking churches. We want to see Jesus be known in this society. Absolutely. And, like, you know, we have a lot in common here. And, we want to uh, see people saved yes, in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We do. And what I hope is that we'll, in a contagious way, show some people some holy envy. Not that you have to become Adventist, but but just like I was trying to teach my students to increase their religious literacy so they could see a mosque and say in, in, in the Islamic faith and say, you know, I really admire how dedicated they are to prayer, right? I mean, that was one of my tech takeaways. Yeah. I'm, I wasn't trying to become a, a, a Muslim or I wasn't trying to have my students, but, but just to have a, a literacy. And what I hope by people listening to this is that they'd have a little holy envy, not not that we're trying to convert anyone that's listening, but just to say, right. hey, you know, Adventists really, their emphasis on health is really significant. They they tend to yeah. live longer, and and that's that's really cool. You know, that's something I can really admire and appreciate. And so hopefully, we can introduce a different side of Adventism, um, Adventism at its best, as I like to say, but but in a way that can be. Uh, uh, capable of a little bit of holy envy so you can see there's more to the story and and see Adventism um, those 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 sides that that are admirable and um, and recognizing all of us have our shortcomings Adventism and all religions you know all religious groups have their shortcomings but but can we see yeah. kind of more to that story more to that yeah. picture? and I would I would like for them for for outsiders uh, those outside of the Adventist community to to see the whole story and say okay this is what you really believe. You know, mm -hmm. I think that uh, there, we have some things in common. However, there's a number of things I completely disagree with you on, but as long as they know what they're disagreeing with, that this is what we really believe. And then they say, okay, I don't agree with that, but you know what? Your health message, as you just said, Michael, and other things, you guys have some really positives and I can respect Adventist, even yeah. though I don't agree with Adventist. So uh, that, so that to me would be respectful. You basically want them to come to the conclusion that Walter Martin did. <laughs> Pretty much. But, you know, if you listen to the last two podcasts of the, or excuse me, episodes of the, this, uh, the podcast where the, the focus is, the, is, is Adventism a cult. There's two parts on that after the earlier two parts on the Ellen White and the Millerites. And that's where they deal with uh, Walter Martin. And the sense you get is that the proclamation people are trying to change Walter Martin's conclusion. In other words, undermine Walter Martin's conclusion. Yeah. He had it wrong that Adventists were Christian. But what Walter Martin, you're exactly right. Walter Martin disagreed with Adventists, but he respected Ellen White. That's he respected right. Adventists as Christians. And and that, I think, is that, that's that been a good thing throughout the latter part of the 20th century to now. Although I, I tell you what, if, if evangelicals continue to listen to this one-sided version of the proclamation, it, it is going to reverse that, and that would be unfair, and that's why we need to speak out. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, I think we've covered a great introduction to what we're hoping to do over the next couple episodes, and we're going to be delving a little bit deeper. So I just want to thank our listeners for joining us for as we just kind of begin, and we're going to kind of and, – and we look for some feedback. Leave some comments online. We'd, we'd love to know what you're thinking as we yeah. as we delve through this. So um, – 
So thank you for listening and joining us for this special, I don't know what we're going to call this, Amethyst Pilgrimage, Amethyst History Podcast Bonus, Ellen White Podcast, but but uh, the family network of, of, of Amethyst History Podcast uh, that, that we can spend a little bit of time having this little round robin table as we kick off uh, this little uh, mini series on on Adventist, um, I guess I, apologetics. I vote right? we call it the Grand Council of Apologetics. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we didn't go to any other Grand Councils. So. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us and listening. And uh, uh, jo- come back and, and join us for another episode uh, each, each month. For sure. Hope so. <laughs> All right. This is going to be fun, guys. And Jesus himself said that he did not come to do away with the law. God, God, God. He does not take us out of this world if he does not want us to become.